Maggie, I have a question for you. Bring it. <laughs> you know architecture, correct? Wow, I would never make so bold a claim, but I'm trying. You're, you're studying architecture, correct? I am studying architecture. You're correct. Maggie, let's say somebody asked you to build a big fuck-off building out of stone on a bank in a river that is mostly covered by water at most times of the day. I would say they're crazy. You'd say they're crazy. Now, well, okay, no, it's, well, okay, well, asterisk. It can be anything can be done. That's what I'm learning. You can mm-hmm. do anything if you have the time and money and resources. Oh, this you're we're you you'll see. We this this can be done because the next part of the question is if they then asked you to do it with technology from 200 years ago, would you also say yes? I mean, knowing the nature of this podcast, I'm guessing that it's been done, hmm. but it sounds like a trial. <laughs> sounds difficult for some reason. I can't imagine why you'd say so. I mean, yeah. How many? Yeah, I got a lot of questions. There you have it, folks. A real architecture student Whoa. has come on my <laughs> podcast and said, I have questions. This is big time whoopsies. <laughs> Big time whoopsies. My name is Eric McAdams, and this is a podcast about incompetence. Each week, I tell you, the listener and a friend of mine, a story from history involving massive incompetence. Today, I have with me two time guest, Maggie. Say hi, Maggie. Hey, everybody. Maggie, how are you feeling today? You know, uh, I feel okay. Um, I'm in uh, I'm in finals week, so that's a real thing in my life. But mm. um, but I'm really excited to hear this story of incompetence. It's yeah. it's gonna get me through. Maggie has taken time out of her busy finals week schedule to grace your earbuds uh, okay. with her right. presence. Okay. <laughs> you should all be grateful because okay. she shouldn't be doing this by any objective <laughs> measure. Well, okay. <laughs> 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 that made you pretty uncomfortable, and I'm kind of surprised by that. Why? I thought that was pretty complimentary. It is. I'm not <laughs> out of nowhere. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Next time I compliment you, I'll like say, "All right, Maggie, we've got a compliment coming." Yeah. Who? I need a little bit, a little bit of setup. That's yeah. it's too much for me to handle. <laughs> yeah. It happens all at once. She gets frazzled. <laughs> she gets skittish, and she runs away. Well, we can't have that. Compliments. Now, Maggie, I alluded to this earlier. But you know a little something-something about architecture, correct? I know something. I don't know anything about masonry from 200 years ago, though. Well, that's fine, because I'm supposed to be the one who knows more on this podcast, so that cements my my position. <laughs> cements. Ha, I'm going to point out all the architecture puns in this podcast. <laughs> I will most likely make them unintentionally. Well, I'm ready. <laughs> I have a tendency to do that. I tend to be like, oh, that was a pun. And I go like, hey, did you see that pun I did there? They're like, yeah, we saw it. It works really, really well when you point them out. <laughs> mm. That's the basis of humor, I believe. Explain every joke. Yes, sir. Anything else you want to add about your physical or emotional state, Maggie, or should we just oh. get to the business? 
Nah, dude, we've, nah. <laughs> I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. I actually really am really excited to be on this podcast. Um, after the last time was so, it was so entertaining and exciting and I learned so much. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for round two. Round two then. Maggie, there's a river in western France called the Charente. The Charente. Charente. C-H-A-R-E-N-T-E. Oh, they have so many extra letters. Why? (laughs) I don't understand it either. I was a Spanish student. Hey, me too. Le Charente. Yeah, and then you went and studied in that wonderful uh, Spanish-speaking country, Denmark. Yep, I did. I I used so much Spanish in that Spanish-speaking country. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. We set our scene first in the 17th century. Oh, you know something bad's going to happen if we're in the 17th century. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you just have like a negative connotation with the 17th century? I didn't... You haven't seen what I've seen, Eric. Oh, yeah. Well, apparently I didn't live in the 17th century either, and apparently you did. So I yield the floor to the gentleman <laughs> in Michigan. I don't tell many people that. <laughs> <laughs> Where I come from. Anyway, keep going. We find our scene at first in the 17th century... The mouth of the Charente opens into the Atlantic Ocean on the western side of France. They, the mouth of the Charente is pretty wide, and it's got forts on either side of it. Good. But there's a problem. Not good. This is not a sufficient defense, because the range of the cannons in these forts doesn't quite cover the entire river. In <laughs> the middle of it, there is enough space for ships to pass through unharmed without danger from the cannons. Well, that's dumb. Did they did they build these forts before cannons were a thing? I don't know the timeline of cannons. Um, no, they would have built them with cannons in mind, but like cannons but have impossible. have a yeah. fixed range. True, true. King Louis the Fourteenth of France comes up oh with an feet. idea. <laughs> what? Excuse me. We did Versailles. He's a crazy man. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, that was actually the next point. King Louis the Fourteenth. Is a little ambitious. <laughs> yeah. He comes up with an idea, or his his engineers or advisors come up with an idea for him. How about we just put a fort in the middle of the fucking river? Oh my god. <laughs> oh, Louis the Fourteenth, What a gem. <laughs> in the middle of this river, there is a rocky bank that is called the Boyard. <laughs> okay. He proposes... To build a fort on top of this bank, which is covered by water at most times of the day. Okay. And actually, I think maybe, like, all day for a lot of it. <laughs> okay. Like, all the time, 24-7. Sounds like bad news to me. I don't know. Engineers who work for King Louis immediately, in unison, go, ah! <laughs> I don't know! <laughs> Oh, no. A lot of this. So there's this engineer who goes by Vauban. Vauban. Yeah, that's all he... He's got, like, titles and stuff, but he's just known as that, like a mononym. Oh, that's... that's Yeah, a mononym. <laughs> that's always that's a how sign. you know he's a cool engineer. <laughs> and when he's presented with this... When he's presented with this idea, uh, Vauban is, is, has a famous quote that he's supposed to have said. I don't know if there's actually evidence that he actually said it. But he's, so, he's supposed to have said, Your Majesty, it would be easier to seize the moon with your teeth than to attempt such an undertaking in such a place. Wow. 
And Louis XIV in his gold-plated rooms was like, that sounds fine. That'd be <laughs> I will seize the moon with my teeth, and then we will build this fort. Yeah, they still, like, move forward with it. Plans are drawn up. Another engineer, like, draws up a whole series of plans in, like, 1692. But it is eventually abandoned. Okay. Sorry, what'd you say? I said, I said 1692. Mm-hmm. emphasis. Yeah. But the, I, the project is eventually abandoned because, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Sounds bad. <laughs> Until 1757. Wow, okay. There's a British raid on one of the islands in the mouth of the river. And so plans are again drawn up uh, to what? put a fort in the middle of the damn river. Nothing. I feel like nothing had changed. Did cannons go farther yet? No. No? Okay. Not really. Huh. Not by this point. They still they still felt like they needed one because uh, there was a British raid on like one of the forts. Uh, on one of the islands that should have been protected by one of the forts. Uh, okay. It was like... Well, shit, we might need a little more firepower in this like, area. They sound like horrible forts to begin with, and they don't go far enough, and they don't work. So what are they, what are they doing? <laughs> well, they're French, so <laughs> what can be expected? Wah, wah. Nothing comes of this plan again. Like, they, they draw up plans again, and nothing happens again. Damn, there's a lot of excitement. I bet this, like, riverbank is getting real excited to have a fort on it, and it keeps, you know, yeah. keeps getting shouted. Keep, government keeps promising stimulus and infrastructure, keeps not delivering. <laughs> surprise ain't surprise. that just the way yeah. they they abandon their plans again damn it finally in 1804 as in after the french revolution during the napoleonic wars oh. there are a lot of anxieties about the british naval fleet yep and that prompts napoleon to start consider building fort boyard again oh my I just love this idea that, like, Fort Bayard is this, like, secret plan that's been circulating for hundreds of years, but they've never built it. Like, like it's some top secret government They keep opening op, the like... archives. What is Fort Bayard? What is... I don't know. Yeah. We can't build it. Put it away. <laughs> but it's like it's like some CIA spook. Like, the government thought about building it back in 1757, but plans were scrapped. We're, we're building a team to go on and, like, build To salvage these plans. Build Fort Bayard. Big Boyard. stone fort in the fucking middle of a river. So it's 1804, and Napoleon, because, like, he's Napoleon, actually gets shit done. Yeah. And he actually starts this massive undertaking into motion. Excellent. They're, and they realize that they need to build up the rocky bank for it to be a feasible foundation for a fort. Yep. And before they do anything else, they establish a, a new port, like, harbor on a nearby island. Mm-hmm. They make a new settlement to house all the workers, because there are so many yes. that are involved in the project. And then once they do all that, that's when they start work on piling up large rocks and rubble on the bank to create a foundation. All right. That sounds like they're setting up well. Like, yeah, like a hundred meter long foundation wow. made out of uh, large rocks and rubble. And this work, just building up the foundations, this work continues for years. Okay, yeah, as I imagine it would. Yeah, because it starts in 1804, and for three years they do this, and then in the winter of 1807, there's a series of violent storms that washes it all oh, away. Oh, no. Is this where the incompetence starts? Is this, is this where it is? <laughs> so, I'm going to level with you, Maggie. I wasn't actually sure whether to classify this one as massive incompetence or absurd competence. Okay. Okay. And my second story, the one that I normally do at the very mm-hmm. end of the podcast, is kind of similar. Okay. So I guess 
I guess this one's up to you and the listeners. This is a choose-your-own-adventure big-time whoopsie. <laughs> is it a whoopsie, or did they just have horrible environmental yeah. conditions? We're asking the big questions on this podcast. <laughs> is it ever a whoopsie? Yeah, no, sometimes it really is. People, yeah, <laughs> no, I take that back. <laughs> is there a difference between a whoopsie and a not-whoopsie? Find out. Is there any point at all to human endeavors? Let's not go there. Because then, then I'll ask, is there any... No, I've already been asking, is there any point in me making this very expensive, complicated model out of Bristol that I'll have to throw away someday? Is there any point to that, Eric? <laughs> no! <laughs> it's okay, there's no point to anything. Ah. Moving right along. <laughs> so they... they... They're, all their work for the last three years is just washed away. All the funding, all the work, all the effort, all the time. It's worthless. It's useless. Horrible. The storms continue into the beginning of 1808, uh, and Napoleon visits the site that year, and he's like, no, I still want this fort. Just scale down the size of it, because originally the fort was going to be like 80 meters long, and so like, yeah, it'll be 40 meters long. It just needs to hold one cannon, right, for the, like, the one ship that gets past the other cannon. <laughs> you just need one cannon. <laughs> just Pew! one cannon on like a swivel. On some stilts, yeah. You just, yeah. It's a fort, right? You just need the one. <laughs> yeah. Just one one cannon. That should be enough. Pew! Yeah, it's the, it's just a it's just a tower about a foot wide. Yeah. Just a pile of cannonballs outside. Oh, gotta yeah. go get another one. Be the worst job ever to be the operator of that cannon. Yeah. <laughs> so they start building again with plans to make it smaller. All right. And these foundations also collapse. No. And it's not really clear to me whether it was like a storm issue, but for one reason or another, the foundations sink into the sea. They've been, but at this point, they've been like, like, like New York City, New Amsterdam, they've been building, they've been like creating land for a while or like it's been a thing. Creating, yeah, creating land is a thing. Also, this is a time when France was, like, good at building shit. <laughs> yeah, like, no, that is true. Cause they were building yeah, all these ships and stuff. Like, they were, this was a time when France's, like, bureaucracy, military, and financial situation were all really strong. Hmm. Thanks to, like, smart, mostly smart people in charge. Yeah, wow, well, they are. Hmm? Probably a future episode will debate whether Napoleon is actually a smart guy. Mm, yeah. Hmm. He made some mistakes. Oh, I mean, great leaders always do. Was he great? No, let's not go there. I don't mm. know. He accomplished a lot. He accomplished he a did. lot. He was a big deal. Very it's important. Undeniable. Yeah. He but he was eventually defeated in 1815 once and for all. Yes. The project has been abandoned by this point because they were like, you know what? <laughs> it's been washed away twice. Yeah. Fuck this. Fuck this fort. Fuck this fort. So this landscape, like... The, the, the landscape, are the British, like, jumping on this? Are they like, yeah, we can get into France? Like, are they... Not really. Well, like, there are raids and shit. Like, they're, they're kind <laughs> of engaged in hostilities, but then there are raids in this area that maybe this fort could have helped with, but okay. it's not like a free-for-all on the Charant River. Okay, yeah, it sounds like they're, putting in, they're trying to put in a lot of effort, a lot of large rocks for not a lot of, uh, uh, you know, benefit. Mm. Not a lot of return on investment is what I'm saying. Yeah. Eventually, in 1830, a new king takes over after the Bourbon Restoration. After that, after they get out of their, out of their system, Louis-Philippe <laughs> I takes over France in 1830. And Louis-Philippe I is interesting. He was a former soldier, loved the military, and ah. he probably would have died in the French Revolution if he'd been there. <laughs> yeah. But he wasn't, and so once he came back, all the wealthy were like, actually, we'd like the uh, nobles to return, please. We <laughs> yeah. would like a king, because 
The wealthy classes do well under the aristocracy. Could you please come back? Come back, please. Thanks. And so he does because he has a lot of support for the wealthy. He's initially portrayed as like a hero to the common man, even though like he's really supported by the wealthy. And he's a he's a big fan of military strength and colonialism. So oh, right off the bat, favorite. you know, he's just a great person. Yeah, phenomenal character, I'm sure. Yes, sir, Louis Philippe. Louis Philippe. And partially because he's a big fan of military strength, in 1839, renewed tensions with the British break out, and guess what the what proposal gets floated again? Fort Boyard. Fort Boyard. <laughs> yes, sir. What are they going to do now? What technology, what, what, what are they going to do? The same damn thing. No! They start building again. They start dumping rocks on the friggin' rocky bank of the Boyard. They gotta like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> they start this in 1839. Isn't that like the sign of insanity when you like try things again and again, hoping for a different result? Guess what happens in 1846? Is there a storm? There's a storm. Wow, how did I know that? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. The like foundations are washed away. Wow. Is there a fort here? Is this the punchline? Are you gonna are you gonna come back and tell me, ha, gotcha, there's no fort by yard? <laughs> they eventually, after eighteen forty six they start well, I gotta keep you in suspense, Maggie. Ah. Eighteen forty six is when it all washes away they start building again they start putting down the foundations again and soon after they finally get the foundations down they're in place they can actually start building the fort now wow only so they two, like put rocks only... were they like pile foundations like like you know what they're never mind as far as i can tell like the best source i have just said that they were just like dropping rocks down <laughs> great <laughs> i'm sure they were doing it in a more like organized way than that but i can't find the information on it because i'm not that good a researcher <laughs> don't say that no fair enough they, they put rocks it's down. an extremely true statement <laughs> <laughs> not that good a researcher over here well okay <laughs> anyway and then in 1857 fort bayard is completed Wow, just like that no no more storms it just bleh, fort. well it took another it took another decade after the yeah, a decade but no for, more for one cannon on stilts. It took a decade. <laughs> yeah, took a took a decade to build after they got the foundation down. Yeah, but finally they build Fort Bayard, and that's where we're gonna break for an ad from another show on the Major Cast Network. Do you find yourself unable to watch television? Who has the time? Well, luckily we do. I'm Liam Senior. I'm Josh Phillips. We host a podcast where we watch old canceled TV for you. Musty TV every Thursday on the Major Cast Network. My father says we're crazy. My mother won't talk to me anymore. What we study here is very like contemporary, very like new age technology, blah, blah. I don't know how I feel about mm -hmm. it. So I don't actually know a lot about history. I've learned more about that structures. Have you, do you know how they built the Brooklyn Bridge? It is fascinating. Mm. Um, no, I don't. They like took these giant boxes and they sunk them because they had to put foundations in a river just like this. And they took these mm -hmm. boxes and they would like sink them so that there was air in them. It's very difficult to describe, but they would send people down there. And like if the boxes ever collapsed, like the whole project, you know, they never, I don't think they did, but like people died because they had to like cycle air in. Jesus. It was very dangerous. And like today it wouldn't happen because of unions and like it was really unsafe and unfair. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's why we don't have any more Brooklyn bridges. Because <laughs> the goddamn unions don't want their people to be murdered by the state. Stupid. Um, yeah. Anyway, no, you should look up how that bridge was built. It was cool. But yeah, I don't know a lot about historical like technology building projects. So I'm actually really glad about this because I was worried I was going to like start describing this and you'd go like, oh, I know that I learned all about it in architecture school. No. Let me tell you more about no, it. No, no, no. Even also, even if that happened, I would play dumb for the sake of your show. <laughs> like, <laughs> See, <laughs> truth before mercy, Maggie. <laughs> Always tell me the truth. Never do that. Okay. Not interested in being manipulated for the sake of my feelings. Oh. Well, okay, knowing that, then I will tell you the truth if that ever happens. Good. Okay. I'm 100% an advocate of this. Okay. How we feel in vis-a-vis... Look at that French. Fort Bayard. Vis-a-vis yeah. Fort Bayard. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm... I don't feel optimistic, Eric. I... <laughs> <laughs> they have failed so many times, and I feel like this yeah. success might be a fluke. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm not optimistic. Yeah, it only took them, like... 150 years of planning and then 50 years of actually trying before they succeeded. Yeah, no, they bit off, you know, they were just not, they had the ideas and the technology wasn't there yet. Hadn't, hadn't caught up with their ideas. Just to reiterate, in case you uh, zoned out while listening to this podcast, which is understandable, the fort was first conceived in the mid-17th century, in the mid-1600s. It's brought up again in the mid-18th century, the mid-1700s. It's finally started work... They start finally start work at the beginning of the 19th century. After a couple different tries, they abandon it, despite being good at building. <laughs> then they try again, and, they, and it gets thwarted again. And then finally, after all this, it actually works. It is completed in 1857, and by the time it is done, it is outdated. <laughs> oh, wait, that's new. Oh, no. Like, like, outdated how? As in, cannons are finally better, or like what? cannons had upgraded to the point where they could where they could cover the mouth of the river without the without the need for Fort Bayard. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so dumb. There was there was a point where that was realized by somebody. Some engineer said, "Oh, these cannons they can go far now," and then but they <laughs> kept building anyway. Yep. Stupid. <laughs> they finish it. And it kind of sits there for a few decades. It's manned by soldiers. It can, it can. I imagine it being manned by a lonely man in like a lighthouse situation. <laughs> it's a, it's a larger grade operation than that. It's about eighty meters long, forty meters wide, and it can easily house about two hundred and fifty soldiers. Wow. Okay. It has the firepower of like a three-tier gunship. Wow. With like seventy-four cannons on it. All right. That sounds sounds functional. Yeah, well, actually, now would be a good time to look up a picture of it. Why don't you search Fort Boyard? Okay, okay. On a mission. Like, for, like, like Fort Boyardee, except without the E. Oh, ouch. Uh, images. Sorry, my computer is dumb. It can't, it can't handle running Skype and Audacity and... Actually, since you started Googling, I've noticed that your frame rate has dropped in the video chat. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh look at it wow it does look like a boat wow wow it's it's an oval yep cool it's in an elliptical shape it's about 80 meters long and about 40 wide yeah oh it's so cute <laughs> it's so cute. it's pretty cool to look at yeah oh i got to a google map by accident that's funny 19th century napoleonic sea fort all right stop that now it's back to story time all right it's manned for a few decades 
Like, they have people on it. It's a working military fort for a few decades. But eventually they realize that they don't friggin' need it. Because <laughs> the British aren't, like, attacking them. And they've got the firepower to defend it anyways. Yep. So, it's at first it's abandoned. And then it is transformed into a military prison in 1871. That's the worst. I don't know a lot about prisons. But, like, just to look out and see nothing but... <laughs> Just like I'm in the middle of an ocean or a delta. Yeah, but yeah, probably probably not going to escape from this one. Nah, <laughs> be pretty difficult. Yeah. Uh, it's only a prison for like forty years. It, at first, it's you know it's a military prison, and then they start scaling it back. And by 1913, it is completely abandoned. Oh. And starting in 1913, it starts to fall into disrepair. Okay. And it essentially starts to decay and crumble over the course of several decades. Until, like, people nearby that the uh, Charente Maritime Regional Council <laughs> kind of go like, Hey, French government, you ain't doing shit with this cool thing out in the ocean. You should sell it to us. Oh. And that's what happens. Wow. The Maritime Regional, what's it? The Charente Maritime Regional Council buys Fort Boyard in 1961. They repair it, renovate it, so it looks as it does in the pictures you just saw. And that's, and, uh, it's, at first it's, it's, it doesn't really work as a tourist attraction because it's in the middle of the fucking water. Yeah. <laughs> you just doesn't. got a point, point from the banks. Look out there. You see, you paid 20 bucks to see that. Look at it far away. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for coming to Fort Bayard. <laughs> Get out of here. Who was on this committee? Is it just like people? I just, I just want to know, like, who spends time I know, on I... the... On the, the, the Maritime, Maritime Regional, Regional Council? Yeah, the Maritime Regional uh, Council. What's the region? Sailors in the west of France? Sailors who miss sailing? I just yeah. want to be on the water. They renovate it, and then <laughs> they're like, huh, we're not sure what to do with it. So, obviously, what do you do with a fort that you in the middle of the friggin' ocean that you aren't sure what to do with? You... Mm, I don't like this game. You... <laughs> <laughs> you make postcards of it. You, I don't. It just seems difficult. You make obviously, Maggie. You dunce. <laughs> you license a game show and have it filmed there. No. Nineteen ninety is the first season of the game show Fort Boyard. I did not see this coming. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Fort Boyard as a game show started in France. And only lasted a year before it starts getting picked up by other nations. There's a British version of Fort Bayard. Where do they film Other it? countries have... The British version also films in Fort Bayard. What? Yeah. And it seems like nowadays it's just like round the clock used as this game show filming location. Wow. What? What is the nature of this game show? Do they like point cannons and you have to aim and like whatever? All right. All right. I have to level with you, Maggie. I looked up the Wikipedia pages for all these different Fort Bayard shows. I have no fucking idea what this game show centers on. What? There are like different characters who like hand out challenges in each version. Like... There's literally a guy named Boyard in the in the British version, like who's like sadistic and wants the game show Hello, contestants I'm to Boyard. fail. <laughs> exactly. There's a professor who's locked in the tower. Like it's just it's nonsense. What? Wow. He like the the professor's gone mad because he's been imprisoned in the tower, so he he tells riddles to the contestants. That's like his part of the are show they, in do, the British one. Are, wow. Are they aware? Do they? 
do you sign up or is it like a scavenger hunt situation? Do you know that you're going to be on the Fort Boyard? Does someone just walk up? And- yeah, no, you, you they know they're going to be there. They have to like apply for it. Wow. But I, st- I just like, there seems to be challenges where they like find keys to open doors. There's like challenges for, I don't, it's I like don't get it. Room. It's an escape room game show. Kind of. Except it's in a fort in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like some, and it's like some like British family like competing. Oh my gosh, that's so that's so pleasant and British. That's so funny. I, I, do, I watched an episode and like couldn't get through it. It was so cheesy. Oh my gosh, I need to watch an episode of the show. <laughs> you can find some episodes online pretty easily. Wow. There's some. There are like some whole episodes just like on YouTube. All right. Here's the kicker. It started in 1990. Some version of this in some in some different nations have been running since then to this day. Really, twenty seven years. That was gonna be my next question. Like, are they still going? Wow, they are. They are still going. Different hosts and stuff, obviously, but that would still. Be wow. Okay, this is weird. Go for it. And Boyard. that's where Fort Boyard is today. It's a game show location, and that topic. brings us to current. That's the story of Fort Boyard. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, is that incompetence or competence? It's pretty dumb. It's like they needed it and then they built it too late. That's dumb. Yep. But they were pretty resourceful about, well, I guess you can't say a game show is resourceful, but they still use it, and that's cool. I appreciate that. It's cool that they built it. Like It's, it a, is cool it's an achievement. It. Yeah, it's a, a feat of engineering, you might say. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just a huge waste of time and resources. Yeah, very much. Several times over. So much rush. Like, <laughs> exactly the like they they built a town for this and yeah. like literally the town is more useful to the french government than the fort is nowadays because they sold the fort off but the town became the site of like a naval academy for the french that's hilarious that that, that town yeah, has a naval academy. the town that they only built just to house their workers is now a naval is now academy more useful than the fort that they were trying to build near, near two other forts that didn't work so hot Plus this mm-hmm. one that failed several times and it's a Naval it's Academy. Just, it's just crazy. And also now, meanwhile, while there's kids are being serious at the Naval Academy, there's a game show happening on this ovular yeah, There's like fort. British families running around trying to find <laughs> keys, answering riddles. <clears throat> wow. France is weird. Should I tell you my second story? Please, please tell me your second story. This one is a bit, is a bit shorter. Okay. It's another one where I wasn't sure whether to classify it as incompetence or competence, because it's full of both. Great. But we're going to keep with an aquatic theme. Oh, all right. Not architecture theme. We're going aquatic still. All right, still. all right. You can categorize multiple ways. So, Maggie, you, you've you gone swimming before. I have. I love swimming. It's a fun time, right? Sure, sure is. I've never done it, like, competitively or anything. I never had lessons, but I enjoy swimming. Yeah, I've never done it competitively either, which is why I still say I enjoy swimming. <laughs> I'd, it seems like a good time. I'm, you know, going to the beach, getting in the water. It's a pretty nice time. It is, but I mean, like, humans aren't made for water, so there's danger. <laughs> you can't breathe water, and that's a big time whoopsies fact, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't know if I'm the first one to tell you this, Eric, but you can't yeah. breathe water. <laughs> oh, man. Gee willikers. So in the early 1900s, a flashpoint for debate took over the American consciousness. Flashpoint. What would you say this debate centered on? Wait, what? Me? What? I don't have enough information. <laughs> 1951, you say? No, early 1900s. Oh, geez. Sorry. Why did I think it was 1951? Um, 
early 1900s, uh, 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 industrial revolution kind of just happened. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ford cars, cars were a thing, right? Mm. Early, no. they, they were starting to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were a little earlier. Uh, vampire panic was real. Um, fun fact. Uh, uh, that sounds like a very good thing for a future episode for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know what, what would be the what... bathing suits. Of course. Okay. Bathing suits. <laughs> such such resignation in that voice. <laughs> bathing suits. <laughs> oh wait, no. Okay, I actually might know a little bit about this debate. How like men had to be all covered up, but now, but then. Sort of yes. So up until 19, around 1907, bathing suits were awful. <laughs> yeah, they were so bad. They're like puffy. Bathing suits, for especially for women, bathing suits were just basically giant fucking dresses. Yeah. Like they were, they had like really high necks. They women weren't supposed to be showing any skin, so they covered like every part of their body. They would wear dresses and pants as well, and they were frequently made out of wool. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh no. And they would have, and they would get in the water with. They would this. just sink. You'd sink to the bottom. No one would go swimming. So you can understand why bathing was maybe not that popular up until then. Uh, bathing, the, the, yeah, bathing was not a thing, and that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I meant more bathing in the ocean. Ah, I think that, other bathing well, was okay. There's was a, there's okay. a fact for you. Yeah, bathing was not encouraged until. Yeah, it very, at various different points in history, certain civilizations have gone like, actually, I think bathing's bad for yeah. you guys. <laughs> there are parts of European history where that happens. There are parts of other parts of history where that happens, where there are just like periods of history. And so, what's weird is that it goes in and out of fashion yeah. sometimes. Like, there are times where like, bathing's bad for you. And then they go like, oh, we should actually maybe uh, be clean. Yeah, well, yeah, bathing was like, that's how diseases spread. And it's kind of the opposite. Yep. Yeah, because you're opening up your skin right. to the bad air. Yeah, think about how smelly how everyone was. <laughs> so, so bad. Yeah. People would carry around uh, little, uh, like, smelling salts. Not smelling salts, but, like, uh, perfumed handkerchiefs. Yeah. That kind of thing that they would just, like, press to their noses. Oh. Instead of having to smell, like, the things around oh. them. Oh, gross. Gross town. So on top of all this, causing this whole terrible bathing suit thing... People were really worried about modesty and decency. Yeah. And so much so that on top of these horrible swimsuits, people were frequently segregated by gender at the beach. Like men had to bathe with men and women had to bathe mm. with women. Like, we know you're all wearing clothes, <laughs> but you're getting in water. And frankly, you shouldn't be near each other. <laughs> you know what happens when people get near water? No. <laughs> yeah. Craziness. But then in 1907... A professional swimmer from Australia named Annette Kellerman was arrested for wearing a one-piece that didn't entirely cover her legs. Annette? Oh, no. Annette wore a form-fitting one-piece swimsuit, and this was somewhat scandalous because Annette was considered very attractive at the time. That's funny. Like, what if someone who wasn't very attractive wore a one-piece? Did no one care? Like... <laughs> I think that might have had something to do with it, because you'll see why in a second. Okay. <laughs> She gets arrested for it, and she's just like, but I'm a professional swimmer. I cannot swim in a wool dress, essentially. <laughs> Annette Kellerman goes on to have a pretty interesting career. She goes from being a professional swimmer to, like, a business owner oh. to a writer to a silent film actress, actually. What a cool lady. And she's noted for being the first person to appear in a mainstream silent film movie naked. 
Oh, okay. So, yeah. And, like, we say naked, but, like, she had really long hair and, like, most of her was covered by that in the actual shot. So it wasn't, like... Right. Wasn't that big of a deal, but it still caused quite a sensation I'm at sure. the time. Let me tell Sound you, that, from that swimsuit to the to the nudite, sounds like she was a uh, yeah. pushing the boundaries. <laughs> yeah, another another fun fact about um, about Kellerman is that some fucking idiot Harvard professor at one point decided that what he was going to do with his his prestigious university's time and money he was going to find out what woman had the ideal body proportions to be attractive. Oh, gross. Yeah. Gross. Annette Kellerman was the winner of this. Oh, really? Because because she was, like, a curvy woman, and her, I think it was something like her body proportions were really similar to, like, the Venus de Milo. Oh. Yeah. That was his basis. Like, he literally just measured a few thousand women because he was a creep. Oh, that's so And graded weird. them on how close oh, they were no. to this one woman. Oh. This one, uh, sorry, this one work of art. Yeah. Also, the Venus de Milo. I don't know. I mean, I'm not one to judge, but she's she's all right. <laughs> it's just, it's so weird. It's really creepy. Ugh. God. Damn it, Harvard. Yeah. Fun fact about Annette Kellerman: there was there is one Harvard professor who was a huge creep who declared her to be the most attractive woman like of all time, basically. Scientifically, quote unquote. Jeez. Yeah, God. The shit that like prestigious universities fund just ridiculous so some of it's nowadays it's good i'm gonna say like you know research medical research (laughs) usually good stuff but mostly (laughs) so starting in 1907 this sparks a whole debate about you know whether women should be allowed to wear clothes that make sense to get wet or not (laughs) yep and this was during the same time when um men were wearing short shorts and also shirts like it was considered also immodest for them to bear their chests yeah. in public do they have those really funny like scoopy u-necks that went down obscenely low but then still covered weird parts of them not quite oh, yeah? yet okay. usually it just they just kind of wore short wore shirts oh. like there are pictures of like men and women like men, women were just wearing fucking dresses <laughs> men wearing short shorts and shirts like a bunch of fucking dorks <laughs> Women kind of go like, hey, people are selling or we can make these swimsuits that actually make sense to get in the water with instead of these, like, ridiculous outfits. So, and so women continue to push these boundaries. And the cities that they do these in are not pleased because these cities are run by men and the men are basically going like, hey, be modest. Women should be pure and chaste at all times. You can't be inspiring these lascivious thoughts in men. (laughs) This is ridiculous. We're outlawing this. Outlawing. And yes, no, some of these, some, some cities like passed actual edicts with laws saying how short skirts on women could be when bathing. Wow. It's like a school dress code, except. Yeah. And police officers got so involved with this that they would hired extra deputies just for the, for the purpose of like prowling the beach to like measure women and their clothing. That's so creepy too. Oh. So, yeah, uh, this is a story about how men, while saying that they're pre- preserving the purity and chastity of women, were actually just being gigantic creeps. Yeah, there there are there are so many pictures of creepy dudes measuring women with like tape measure, like on no. their legs, like being like, ah, your skirt is this far from her knee. That's not okay. There's a there are pictures of like a of a sheriff deputy wrestling a woman into a car to arrest her because she's wearing like 
shorts. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's there's so many stories like that. You know, like ugh, men are pigs. No offense. Oh please. This could be, <laughs> Do you know how many episodes I've done about how like men are terrible? Yeah. Like this is a well-known fact. That's a big time whoopsies fact for you ladies and gentlemen. Men are pigs. Men are terrible and history can prove it. Yes. This debate continues for decades. Oh my. It's not until the 1940s that men even start bathing without shirts. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, not until the 1940s. And the Olympics have a weird role in this. Like, at first, the, the Olympics are like, yeah, we'd like to encourage, like, professional at- attire, right. like, stuff that encourages, like, fast swimming. Right. But they also, like, if something was too scandalous, they'd occasionally, like, disqualify people. <laughs> There's a famous story of a policeman arresting a woman for wearing a bathing suit under her clothes. Wait. And to, you to re- you realize that to do this, he had to look under her oh shirt. Oh, my gosh. No. at what she was wearing under it and eventually a judge was like hey you had no legal authority to look under someone's shirt she's free to go you're fucked nice up. hey that's good good yeah. job judge mm-hmm. yeah and eventually after all this uh tri- after all these trials and tribulations in the 1940s uh women start to be allowed to just wear one pieces as they wanted and then bikinis followed after that although another fun fact annette kellerman did not like bikinis oh why is that? She found them unflattering. She said, most women can't pull it off. That's really interesting. <laughs> so did she like One Pieces better? Yeah, she was a big fan of One Pieces. She wanted, she thought that like one unbroken line was the most beautiful and like aesthetically pleasing look. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Huh. That's the story of swimsuits in America in the early 19th, in the early 20th century. And being creeps. Hate it. As with most things involving women and laws governing what they can and can't do this story is about how men are creeps (laughs) i don't have anything much more to say that's like the big moral here yeah i think i mean it does stories like that make me grateful to live in this time (laughs) Um, yeah it's nice to be living in the fucking future yeah right the future is now um we're living in it um yeah no it men are still creeps but they get called out more often about it (laughs) Well, they're starting to. Yeah. yeah, we can come back to politics on that on that note. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, tune into uh, the new major uh, the new major cast network show Sunday morning Hangover Cure because we pretty much have to do a <laughs> recurring segment on sexual <laughs> harassment because it's part of the news every fucking week. Yeah. Damn. Wow. Now I know so much about water-related things now. <laughs> I'm going to tell all my architecture friends about Fort Boyard. Well, I'm glad I could educate you, Maggie. Thank you very much for being on my podcast. Thanks for having me. It's so fun. Tell your friends. I will. Tell your friends to listen to you. <laughs> I will. Because I think you have been an excellent guest. Oh, thank you, sir. It's very kind. And I'm assuming you don't have anything you want me to plug for the internet, right? Yeah, I'm really not. I don't, I'm not really on the internet yet. I'll get there yeah. one day. Yeah, one, let me tell you, I will get on the internet someday. Someday I'll say <laughs> One day up. I'll get one of them Twitter accounts. I'll get accounts, one of them Twitters. <laughs> and you're going to have to do it quick because net neutrality is going to get repealed Oh my soon. gosh. I don't even know about that, but I'm nervous about it. I've seen, I've heard whispers of that. Listen to Sunday Morning Hangover Cure. That's another recurring Oh, I will. Segment. I don't, yeah. Should I get off the internet? <laughs> the tiny bit that I'm on you, the internet, should I leave? Yeah, you might need to consider what your internet service provider is because 
there's a strong chance that once net neutrality is repealed, service providers like Verizon or Comcast will start choosing which websites load quickly for oh you. Or uh, we'll start charging you different rates for different packages of the internet, like $5 a month for social networks, $5 a month for streaming sites like Netflix. Like, they could do that under not having net neutrality. Wow. That's super lame. (laughs) Call the FCC. Call, text whoever you want to text for this. Make your voice heard. Net neutrality should not be repealed. Damn. My name is Eric McAdams. You can find me on Twitter at Audaciously Yours. You can find my personal website, NoCharacterIsSafe.com. You can find my writings at PasteMagazine.com by searching my name, which is Eric McAdams. You can find my other podcasts on the MajorCast Network, which are Sunday Morning Hangover Cure, this one, and Shmanime, which is not a good podcast and you shouldn't listen to it. Thank you for listening to Big Time Whoopsies. Wow, not a good podcast and you shouldn't listen to it? Yeah, I do ringing endorsements of Shmanime on my other oh, podcasts. Okay. <laughs> we've uh, we've actually scaled back production on Shmanime mm. to focus on Sunday Morning Hangover cool. Cure. I'm definitely going to listen to that. I'm excited about Sunday Morning Hangover Cure. Say goodbye, Maggie. Oh, <laughs> say goodbye, Maggie. That sounds like you're going to kill me. Um, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to reach through the fucking internet. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun. Stay nasty and stay major.